Welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. series for this month is together and I started teaching about it last week so we're just going to continue where we started last week so as I was praying concerning this month and I usually I pray like that for each month and as I'm praying God will bring something to me a passage and a theme and say that is what uh, you're supposed to focus on this year especially God said we should focus on the theme of coming back, returning. So that's why we had renew, and then we're having a reconnect, and then we're going to have some re in March too, some re in April and all that, because heaven on earth is about a restoration of what God has planned, what God planned from the very beginning, okay? So that's what we're, that's what we're doing for this year. So this one just came to me, said, and all the believers met together. The moment I read together, I just stopped, <laughs> you know? And that's where this message, this series came out from. All the believers met together. You know, I prefer the NLT or NIV says we're together. Because, you know, I love the we're together. I know, I know, you know, NLT is, I like NLT because it's trying to make it very contemporary and all that. It's all the believers were together. Everybody say together. All the believers were together. They were not separate. And then they had everything in common. They had all things in common. They were together and they had all things in common. Last week, I gave you a picture of what that uh, looks like. He said, and they were selling their possessions. Next verse. Or they sold properties. They sold property and possession to give to anyone who had need. And day by day, Attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they receive their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. So that was an amazing company. Like I told you last week, this was about just over 3,000 believers because the Bible says there were 120 praying in the upper room. Then Peter preached. And 3,000 people, about 3,000 were added to their numbers. So that's just, that's over 3,000 people. But they said these 3,000 people were together, and they had all things common. It was a new community that was born that was different from the communities that existed. And that's why it was so unique, right? It was actually, that community was actually reflecting what Christ had in mind. So, so what were the characteristics of this? So together, meaning, meaning that they were in proximity, um, they were spiritually together, as we'll see later as we move on. Together is in different faces, different places. They had all things in common. So all things in common means that people had possessions. So if somebody had a house, had a car, and all that, it's still their possessions, right? But they didn't count it as theirs. They just counted it like if people needed it, they could use it. It was a communal thing. It was like, you know, I mean, why, why do I have, why should I have things and somebody has a need, right? I mean, what's, no, come on. Guys, what's the essence of having stuff and people have needs and you can't share it? Do you get what I'm saying? What's the essence? What's the essence of having excess? <laughs> right? What's the essence of excess? Because you can only use one at a time. What the excess is good. It's part of what God wants us to have. But what, the, reason, the reason why he wants us to have it is so that we can have to share. So that we can have to share. So everybody says sharing. 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 So try as much as possible that you don't have things accumulating all around you and unused. That's not the kingdom. That's not the kingdom way. Right? Don't have things just accumulate all around you unused. Take the ones that you need to use and then share the rest or give it out. Okay? 
We'll give it out. And listen, this is something that you can practice. You know, we have practiced it. We have practiced it for years. We always try to get more than what we need so that we can share with other people. We have shared cars with people. Practically every time, we, you know, we have another car separate, and we say, take it and use it for some month. People will use it. They will drop it. Another person will pick it up and use it. Another person will pick it up and use it. Another person will pick it up and use it. We've shared houses. We've shared all kinds of stuff. It's just, it's just I mean, it's a fun. It's fun. Amen. It's fun. He said, they had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. As any had need. You know, I saw somebody post um, um, a GoFundMe online today. Sorry, no, yesterday I saw someone post it online that they needed $2,000 for their medical gift. And they are part of this family. I called them this morning very angrily. I was angry. I said, why would you post that online? Of course, it was fun, you know, but I was, you know, I was strict. That's what I mean. Why would you post that online? That's something that we can handle within the family. You know? That's what we can handle within the family. And we're going to get that medical bill paid off. There's no need for GoFundMe. We're a family. I mean, how much is $2,000 that you have to go online and be asking people and telling all your story online for everybody to hear? I'm sure they are probably watching me right now. We've had that conversation. <laughs> like, next time, talk to me. Put it online. We're going to get our 2,000 paid. Amen. So, that's, that's what church is about. Amen. That's what it is about. He said they were distributing the proceeds to all as any that had need. And day by day, attended the temple together. Breaking bread in their homes. That's small groups. Small groups. Small groups. They are at home. They broke bread. They broke bread. And like I explained last week, breaking bread is more than, in that Middle Eastern culture, breaking bread is more than just eating. You know? I told you about, you know, Revelation when Jesus said, is it Revelation 3.20 or something? Where Jesus said, uh, we used to use this thing to preach the gospel, you know, those days to people. You know, we use it to unbelievers. You know, Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. Even though it was written to believers, but we use it anyways. If you open your heart, I'll come and sup with you. But he was actually talking to a church there. Is it Revelation 3.20? Uh, yeah. Those of you that were born again, when born again, were still born again. <laughs> when born again, was still what? Born again. Ah, when you're born again, ah, you're, you know, you're like, you know, updated born again. Talking about real deep, deep, deep born again. Pastor, but remember those days when you are born again. Everybody knows you are born again. <laughs> because they won't want to be your friend again. <laughs> real born. Revelation 3.20. Revelation 3.20. Please show it for me. Revelation 3.20 if you can. Uh, it says, Behold, I stand on the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will eat with him and he with me. He was talking to believers there. So, Jesus was not just saying, telling them that I want to come and eat some food in your house. There's something about eating. Eating, when you eat with somebody from that culture, when you sit down and eat with someone, you are saying we are one and the same. We are on the same level. Do you get what I'm saying? You are sharing, you are bringing yourself like, it's like the, how do you say, the common denominator when people eat together. Enemies don't eat together. Do you get what I'm saying? Once you eat together, that means you are one. So the Bible was telling on in Acts chapter 2, verse 44, that they broke away, they, like their vulnerability, they became vulnerable to one another. They removed all the, what they call it, the facades, all the coverings, and they melted together. They shared together. That's what the eating, you know, eating and breaking bread. That's what the communion is also all about. It's not just about taking wafers and all that. It's about hearts that are merged together hearts that are together. In other words, what is yours is mine, and what is mine is yours. Your pain becomes my pain. Your success becomes my success. Your honor becomes my honor. It was a collective merging. It was together. I know what happened. When that took place, they had favor with the people outside. 
And then God started adding to their numbers. But, you know, we've tried to do it the other way. Church is divided, and we're trying to bring people into it. I mean, how would God bring somebody and bring people into something that is broken? You want to bring the person into one strife? That's why Jesus said, I pray that you be one, right? So that what? The world may, I pray that they will be one like we are one, so that the, one, the, the world can see, the world can know when the church is one. I said I was going to do this, you know. I was, you know, doing the Light 360 this week. By the way, Light 360, don't miss it, 5 p.m., um, you know, during the weekdays, apart from, um, from Mondays, we're, we're just taking it to a new level. So I had some guests this week, and everybody was talking about the theme of unity, and one of them made a statement on Friday. He said, he said I used to pray to God. Then one day I read the prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17, where Jesus said, I pray that they may be one. Then I told myself, I said, why should I be praying? Why should I expect God to answer my own prayer when I'm not willing to be part of his prayers? If Jesus, were, if Jesus was praying that we should be one, right? That's his own prayer. And then I'm praying to him to answer my own prayer when I could contribute to his own prayer by working towards oneness. That's why one of the major blockages, blockages to answer prayer, according to the Bible, is disunity. Because you are going against the prayer of Jesus and you're expecting him to answer your own prayers. So I, when I said, I said, I'm going to preach with that, you know. I want to be part of Jesus' prayer. Everybody say, I want to be part of answering Jesus' prayer. And that's going to come through oneness. So, so, as I said last week, in the last few months, going to a year now, we've had challenges. And one of the things that the challenges that have taken place have um, attacked, have come against, is together. We have tried to, you know, to mitigate those things creatively. Zoom, thank God for Zoom, amen. And, you know, all these, you know, small groups and all that, but there's still some gaps, and that's why this month we're saying that let's get together again, Okay. Being together physically is still part of God's design. For those who are watching me online, I don't want to speak a word. For those of you that since we've started church since August, so that means we've been meeting physically for some month. And, um, you know, at the very beginning of it all, of course, you know, it was okay. People stayed and all that. But I want to encourage people who have not made any physical contact, you know, with other members of this church since all this thing started to try as much as possible, maybe if it's once a month, to register to be within the church. You don't have any excuse any longer. If you just stay at home right now, you know what I'm saying? Except you have, you know, like children, and that's fine. But if you just stay at home right now, you are staying at home in fear. Or something else is going on. I'm not saying you need to come every week and all that. But just come and, you know, be part. Serve. Do something. There's no, I mean, how long are you going to be there? They're saying that the Jordan is going to be till 2022. Are you going to be lying down in your house for 2022? Huh? You should even get tired yourself. <laughs> One year. You are going fast there. Everything is happening. And Come on, get out. Come out. Amen. Come to church. There's no coronavirus in this place. Amen. <laughs> we've, been, we've, been coming here. we've been coming here since the pandemic started. See the praise and all that we've been singing. We've been, we have been meeting, we've been recording, we've been doing everything. We've been meeting in this place since the lockdown started. We've been having service. Coronavirus has not come. Amen. Amen. And it, for anybody that coronavirus, you know, happened not within church or at home, they were healed. You know? Oh. Amen. How long are we going to be afraid? Huh? Let the kids go back to school. Let them go back to school. Go back to school. God will protect them. Amen. Amen. I don't want to get into all that anymore. I mean, I believe in wisdom and all that, but when you start, you know, extending things and you know, and then start having all other kind. Look at kids, kids, kids. It's TV, is you know, computer they are looking at. Some babies that were born last year and whatever. It's, you know. <laughs> I saw a picture of some, of some, of some young ones that. 
Everywhere they were going to, they were, they were doing this clean. Everything was a sanitizer. They saw a TV. They did. <laughs> I'm telling you, I saw the picture. Everything that they saw <laughs> was, was sanitizer. Well, maybe we're going, to, we're going to raise up a very clean generation. We've got to be careful. I saw Joyce when she was little, when she was complaining, you know, in a video. <laughs> I posted a video. You know, come on. Everything is shut down. McDonald's is shut down. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, it's time for us to start. You know, let's start getting back into it wisely, wisely. Amen. Wisely. You know, trusting God and all that. So, so we got to do something. So, so last week I began to talk about, um, you know, certain things. I'm going, I'm going to just quickly, you know, I'll review and then I will I'll move forward. So I talked about the plan for together. Uh, the points, the plan for together. So my main, you know, thesis there is that God planned that we experience his best on earth together. You cannot experience God's best alone. You cannot. Genesis 1.26. God said, let us make human beings in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. So I told you that God gave us an example, first of all, by using us. God said, let us. So I said, God had his own small group. A small group is called the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So he has a small group. The Godhead. So even God does not operate alone. He doesn't operate alone. That's an example from him. Let us make man in our image, not in my image, our image, collective language. After her likeness, let them, not let him or her, let them, so collective to, so from a collective to a collective, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock, over all the earth, and every creeping thing, verse 27, and God blessed them, you know, he, he blessed them. He created man's own image. Created, male and female, he created them. You, you know, there's a reason why God created male and female. See, he blessed them. And God said to them, them, the, the, the promise of dominion, the command of fruitfulness is upon multiples, upon collectives. Not upon individuals. Although it's upon collectives. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and so on. So from the very beginning, we see that the plan of God was that we will experience his creation, his world together, and we will accomplish his purpose together. So if you are trying to get it done alone by yourself, you are not working in his plans. No, you are working outside of his plans. You need to be in a company. You need to be in a collective. We've got to do it together. Got to get it done together. Genesis 2.18. The Lord God said, it's not good. It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper just right for him. Now, let's, let's talk about this. This is Valentine's Day. Let's talk about marriage a little bit. You see, one of the best things you can do for yourself if you plan to get married or you are married is to go and study God's design for marriage. Study God's design for marriage and don't argue with it. Don't use the world's definition of marriage, Hollywood definition of marriage, or contemporary definition of marriage, or government definition of marriage. Government definition of marriage is for their citizens. You understand? Kingdom definition of marriage is what you're supposed to live in. I'm talking to men and I'm talking to women. There is a reason why 
a man does not have a womb. Are you listening? There's a specific design. There's a specific design for a man, and there's a specific design for a woman. God designs things based on purpose. Do you get what I'm saying? God designs things based on what? On purpose. So your design is based on your purpose. Do you get what I'm saying? Your physical design and even your emotional design is based on purpose. Men and women are designed differently emotionally and physically because they have different purposes. They have different things they need to do in the dominion assignment. And they complement one another. So all these things of what a woman can do, a man can do even better. It is me. Why do you want to do what a man can do? It's, it's inferiority. It's just like me saying that what a woman can do, a man can do better. And then I want to get pregnant. I mean, what? I cannot do it better. I can't even take care of my kids the way my wife takes care of the kids. <laughs> right? Joking. You're learning that now, right? It's as if they are designed with supernatural abilities. Sometimes my wife will just go. I should go and buy something, socks. And I, oh, kids, they need socks. I forgot. I do, it doesn't even cross my mind that their shoes have, uh, you know, expired. That they, you know, my word, I think their legs are just, they just stay the same. <laughs> like, their legs just stay the same forever. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'll be, I'll be sincere. But she has this anointing to know that their legs are growing. Or they are, you know, overshooting their clothes or something. Women are graced for certain things that when you look at them, it's like a miracle. For men that are sincere, let them travel and leave you with the kids. <laughs> that's, where, that's where you would know. You would know what they do. A woman, a, a, get it. Don't let anything, women, liberation, all those things. Yeah, I believe in women being free. I'm an egalitarian. I believe in women being free to be able to do whatever they have been called to do in their design. Do you get what I'm saying? And that no society should detect it to them. Women should vote. Women should rise up, you know, should be, fulfill their purpose. They should rise up, you understand? But I don't believe in women trying to take the place of men or men trying to take the place of women. That is why, it, that was like, that, that's what has created a whole generation of women who are struggling, who are unhappy, they are working, they are doing everything, their families are not together, they are divorced, and they are stressed. Because they are trying to take on what they are not designed for. Where, you see, when you know your place, you see, when you still compare yourself with somebody else, it's because you are still not sure of your place. And I understand there was a battle, and there's still some battles that need to be fought. And we will stand, you know, we'll fight that battle, equal pay, all this kind of stuff. Those things are real. Do you get what I'm saying? What I'm saying is that don't try to be a man. I'm a woman. A man, don't try to be a woman. We're not designed for it. Know what your purpose is. A woman was designed as a supernatural helper, like the Holy Spirit. That's a woman is designed as what? A supernatural helper. The same word used in this place for how we create a helper. You know, there are different words used for help in the Hebrews. Go and study it. The one that is used in this place is the, is the same one used when God says, I will help you. Yes, you know it. Yes. It's the same one used. So you are talking about a help, a, a help in the realm of God's help. That's what women are. If a woman finds a criminal, the first thing, once she falls in love with that criminal, the next thing is that she wants to help that criminal stop being a criminal. No, no, I'm serious. She tries everything. And that's why some women get into trouble because they just have that helping thing. They just, they, just see, they just see that this can be, this person is good. Even if everybody can see bad in that person, they just say this person is good. And they will do everything. Your design is designed for helping. Your womb is designed to carry. That's part of helping. 
The reason why you have this place, brother, than men do. Men have this place, you understand, because we have to go forward and do certain things. You have this place because you have to carry. Emotionally, you're also designed that way. You are designed to carry, to reproduce, to, 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 to make something beautiful, to bring something great out of what does not exist, to multiply seed, to bring beauty out of it. That's why you say women in church, you know, son. Women are you know, amazing in church. They just do this and that. Man does not know it yet, but man was created to be the foundation of the society. We are created to be the ones who fight for everybody's wellness, everybody's rights. Not to use it to domineer everyone. Not to dominate the woman or to dominate the children. We are supposed to be the one. We're supposed to be the servant leaders. Amen. When you hear the word head there, the word head does not mean somebody who sits at the top and dictates. It means somebody who, as a servant leader, goes first into the battle. That's what the word kafil in the Greek means. Somebody, the captain who goes ahead. They say, oh, oh, something is happening in the family and all that. Okay, I'm going to be the one in front. I'm going to bear it. Everybody stay behind me. I'm going to lead in this. I'm going to show by example. He's the servant leader. So we need to understand that, you know, when it comes to marriage, we need to know our places. And the togetherness, we'll be able to work better in unity. Stop trying to be the woman and stop trying to be the man. Be the man if you're a man. And be the woman if you're a woman and enjoy it. Amen. Equal. Because we read, we read in Genesis, created what? As co-equals, but different in responsibility and assignment. Just like we're all equal in this church right now. You understand? We're all equals in this church. Nobody is higher than the other. But when it comes to assignment, right, there are people who are higher than others just based on their assignment. They are elders. You understand? They are, you know, they are people who have to make certain decisions. So do you get what, do you get what I'm saying? But we're all equals. So you need to separate assignment from identity. Separate it. Separate assignment from identity. In the body of Christ, everybody is equal, but there are assignments. There are assignments that makes it, you know, necessary for certain people to take on certain roles of leadership. And when it comes to the house, the man is supposed to be the leader of the house. I don't care whatever, you understand, you have heard, or whatever, how people have tried to do it to, you know, Americanize, you know, the thing, or whatever, or Africanize it. Africanize, they want, they make the man like the God. America, they try to, you know, but, but the scripture and the kingdom, we say both are equal, but when it comes to function, when it comes to function in the home, when the man is present in that home, that man is supposed to rise up to the level of leadership in that home and lead, and everybody in there is supposed to submit to his leadership. It's not, you know, it's, it's fun. It's God's design. Okay. Throw the stone at me. Come on. <laughs> Woo! So, the plan for together. The plan for together. Sorry, I just need to do something. On my, yes, better. In the New Testament, it said, Genesis 2.18, in the New Testament, the Lord God said it is not good for the man to, sorry, uh, sorry, John 17.21. I pray that they all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I'm in you. How many of you know that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one and equal? Right? The Godhead. But you see how they submit to one another when it comes to function. If you see Jesus talking, Jesus will say, um, I can do nothing except what my father first, right? Then it says about the Holy Spirit, right? It says that Jesus went about doing good, healing all those who are oppressed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said to him to do. The Holy Spirit guided him. 
And then you see the Holy Spirit is on earth right now, right? And Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he says, the Holy Spirit, he will reveal to you my will. You know, so he will not say anything by himself. You see how they submit to one another? Do you get what I'm saying? Even though they are equal. Because of functions. He's our example. He said, I will create you in my image. Our image. Our image. So he's our example. That's how it's supposed to be. So he says, I pray that they will be all one. They will all be one. Just as you and I are one. And you are in me, Father. And I am in you. That they may be in us. So that the world will believe you sent me. So he's saying, I want them to, that together, I want them to experience it too. Ephesians 4.16, it makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts to grow. So that the whole body is healthy and full, growing and full of love. In other words, everybody is working like, like everybody is doing, and then we're supporting, and we're together. The whole body joined together, held together, held together, joined together, working together, working as a collective, working, you know, synchronizing, doing stuff together. We're still all still unique, just like our bodies. The hair is different from the hair, makeup, different identity, different made, makeup, but we're all part of one, and we're, but we're all working together towards one goal, which is to keep the body alive and fulfilling its purpose. You guys get it? So that's the plan for together. Then I, talk, I talked about the patterns for together. The pattern uh, for together. So basically some examples in the Bible, uh, which I went through. I talked about, I've already talked about them. God himself was the first pattern. And then I talked about Genesis 11, 5 to 6, which my wife quoted today. Genesis 11, 5 to 6, where God said, when the people are together, when they are together and united, whatever that they have imagined to do will not be restrained from them. The Lord came down to look on the city. And then he said, look, he said the people, you know, the KJV has a way of rendering, rendering this thing. Please show me the King James, the authorized King James version. He said the people is one. That's like grammatically incorrect. The people is one. The people is one. I like it. It's like God, God, they were so much together that they became so singular. You know, you said the people are one. You know, you said the people is what? one. Merged together they became like singular. And they have all one language. And this they begin to do. Now, nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. And else he said, nothing will be impossible for them. So let us go down and confuse the people with the different languages then they won't be able to understand each other anymore. So God, smart, who created us, knows, please, I want you to listen to me. God knows how we are able to, max, to, to function maximally, right? To, you know, like to fulfill his purpose. So what he, what he just did was that he just tweaked something in the system. Just changed the language, and then there was division. So it couldn't work anymore. The devil has been trying to tweak our language as churches, as families, even sometimes as individuals. We're divided, you know, even within our own selves. Try to do the same thing so that we are unable to fulfill this. But God is saying that when we are together, there will be nothing that will be impossible to us. Can, have you guys imagined that? Have you thought of the possibilities of what is ahead of us in our generation, in our city, in our nation, of things that we could do? If we could only do it together. Not everybody, not just trying, you know, to be an individual, but trying to be an individual within a collective, conscious of the body, discerning the body. Can you imagine what we can get done? Okay. So I thought the next thing, the purpose of together, number three, the purpose of together. So this is where I stopped last week. The purpose of together. So Why? Why? Whenever you want to understand something or you want to 
really, really be very strong in carrying out everything. Don't try to find out the what. Find out the why. The why helps you to stay motivated. It is this whys that has helped us to commit to together, no matter the plot against together, which I will talk against. I will talk about you know, you know, later, the plot against together. There are many plots that come against together. But because we understand the purpose of together, we fight against those plots. This is, for me, this is one of the strongest areas where I fight the most. I might not fight people on certain attitude. I might not fight things on certain whatever. But the moment you become a divider, you become an enemy. I'm talking about that person, that man, that spirit. It's going to be rooted out because I know what it can do. I have experienced what it can do. Together, I'm sorry, what do you call it? Strife and division is the worst, some of the worst things that can happen to anything. I mean, it's a terrible thing. So we fight against it big time, both in the spirit and physically. I mean, I'll say that that's the only, for me, that's one of the only areas where you can really, really get me annoyed or whatever or whatever or get me, get that spirit, incense spirit come is if I see that you are deliberately causing strife. can't walk. There's a catapult that shoots such people out. If they are not, we'll first talk for them to change, but if they cannot, something will just shoot them out. Because they cannot survive. The spirit of the house cannot sustain such a thing. Yeah. It's not allowed. The purpose of together, so let's quickly look at it. The first one is meaning in sharing. Everybody say meaning in sharing. So, basically, the book of Ecclesiastes, <laughs> if you guys have ever read it, the book of Ecclesiastes has some words in there, right? The most common word there is the word that is translated vanity upon. That word there means wind, like something that just, you know, in the Hebrew, like something that, that doesn't last, nothing, nothing, meaning. But, while the guy was talking about meaninglessness, right, he began to give us certain things that can make life meaningful. You understand? Just a few things in there. If you read the book of Luke, he was saying, he was saying that everything is meaningless, but there are certain things that give meaning to life. You know, I don't have the time. You know, I've taught, I taught the kids the book of Ecclesiastes, but, you know, you need to go read it and, you know, and see what he was talking about there. Time, chance, and all those kind of stuff. But in this way, what I want to read to you in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, um, where is that? Verse, what is that? It says, um, There's the case of the man who is alone. Let me find it. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. So there's one alone, or there's a case of man who is alone, without a child or a brother, yet. He works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But he asked himself, who am I working for? You know, like, like everything is just meaningless. Who am, I, who, who am I working for? Who am I giving up so much pleasure for? So there's a case of a man who is not all alone. So the guy is all alone. He's still talking about meaninglessness, right? A man is all alone without a child or a brother. But he works hard to gain money, to buy real estate, you know, to, you know, fulfill ministry, to reach in the world, to, you know, to do all kinds of stuff. Then he says, ah. but then he asks himself, what am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It's all so meaningless and depressing. Look at it. Best. Let's go to the next verse. It's also meaningless and depressing. In other words, accomplishment and all that is meaningless. One of the things that makes life meaningful is that you have people to share it with. Then he goes and says, two people are better off than one. Two people are better off than one. One of the reasons why two people are better off than one, or where the collective, where together is better off than being alone, is because you have, you create meaning. Do you get what I'm saying? 
you have somebody to share it with. How many of you would like to have a testimony of breakthrough? And it's only you that know it. Yes, yes. <laughs> you are telling yourself, ah, what a breakthrough that I had. After a while, it becomes meaningless. But you want to share. You want, how many of you would like to have all, the, all your birthdays in life alone? You, <laughs> nobody will say happy birthday or anything. And then on your wedding, you know. You dance alone. You are the one that beats the drum, plays the music. You are even the priest that joins you. And you are even the wife or the husband at the same time. <laughs> what, a mini, what a meaningless life. Come on, you need a spouse, you need a priest, you need, you need people to gather around, people to dance so that they, form, they surround you in a circle while you are doing all your, you know, all your, you know. <laughs> and they do all those ways. It, um, it's beautiful. We, we need to be able to share lives, life. We need to share our struggles. We need to share our pains. We need to share our successes. You know, when, if, I, if there's something that happened, I'm, like if it happened, my wife is not there. The next thing I'm texting, I'm calling and say, baby, guess what just happened? Guess what? I'm going to try Guess what? You want to share with someone meaning in sharing. Can't be alone. Then he goes on. Then he says, two are better than one. That goes to number two. Purpose of together. Enhancement. Enhancement. Number two is enhancement. So there's something they call the mastermind in the world. That's the name they call it. But it's a biblical thing. He said, if two of you shall agree on earth, you know, as touching anything, it shall be done. That's a mastermind. One will chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand. That's a mastermind. A mastermind is where, you know, the way they define it in the world, basically a mastermind is when people come together, right? All of them are smart in their own way, but they, as they meet together constantly and they share and they share, everybody in the group becomes smarter because they begin to share the entire mind. So people like Henry Ford and some other people, they formed the mastermind. The people that actually dominated the world in those days, they formed the mastermind. All of them, they will meet constantly. So Henry Ford had the mind of J.P. Morgan, had the mind of all those other people. J.P. Morgan had... So when you begin to meet together, you don't operate with your mind alone. You start operating with a collective mind. Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, I have mastermind. Anchor, we have our anchor team. It's a mastermind. We don't just operate with my mind. We are operating with what? The collective mind. You understand? We have small, that's what small groups is also about, right? It's a mastermind. You guys get what I'm saying? You need to take advantage of it. I have a mastermind of my friends across continents. We have a group where we, these are people pastoring thousands and all, we've all grown up together, but we have a mastermind. So when we come together, we are operating with a collective mind, not just my own mind, not just their own mind. It, it merges together to become one mind. Together brings enhancement. Two are better. To be better means to be enhanced. Two are better. No matter how good you are, no matter how great you are, you cannot be as great as when you have other people, you understand, with you, doing what you are doing or talking about it. Mastermind. Get into all these small groups. If you want to form one, form one. You know, people like, you know, like wealth, uh, real estate, all this kind of stuff, entrepreneurship and all that, it creates a mastermind that you all can go like, uh, like in, uh, what do you call it, in uh, Genesis 11, that whatever you desire to do becomes what a possibility. I've noticed it that every prayer meeting, every prayer that we pray, like in the anchor team, we always pray, we'll have this and all that. Some people will have some challenges. I've watched it. Every one of those prayers will get answered. Whether it is to buy a house, is to pay off a debt, is to get a car, is to do whatever, always get out. The same thing in family groups when we pray. I notice that when, when the prayer points are brought out, they get, pray, they get answered. Mastermind. If two of you, Matthew chapter um, nine, is it 18, 19. Yeah, Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. If two of you on earth shall agree on earth concerning anything that you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Heaven on earth. Amen. 
part of heaven on earth is masterminds. Masterminds. Check the people that you've been fighting with. Is it possible that those people are supposed to be part of your mastermind and the devil is plotting against it? Because sometimes some of your most challenging relationships has also been some of your most rewarding relationships. Enhancement. Everybody say enhancement. It's also called the corporate anointing. You know, it's called, that's what, it's, that's what happens when you brainstorm. During brainstorming, what happens is that, you know, you guys, what people don't know, look at me, everybody, what people don't know is that just like we have collective, individual minds, right? There's a collective mind. There's a collective mind, right, in the Holy Spirit. There's a universal intelligence in the Holy Spirit. That's where knowledge comes from, poetry, ideas, and all these things comes from, right? Now, when we merge together in unity, we merge together with that collective mind, and then it binds our minds together so that things just keep flowing from one to the other like that. And one person becomes better, stronger, wiser than when you are just an individual. Stop trying to do things alone. I made up my mind after understanding that I would never, apart from going to the bathroom, you know, I can't go to the bathroom with somebody, you know. Like, I'm talking about that one. The other one, I go with my wife sometimes, you know. But I'm talking about number two. <laughs> that one, you can't do it. That's, that, apart from that, try not to do anything alone. Do stuff with people. Do stuff with people. Stop being afraid of people. People are your assets. People are what? Your assets. Deal with your fear. Develop people's skills. You need people. How about the enhancement? Where are we? Okay. Uh, partnership and support, number three. The purpose of together. Partnership and what? And support. Partnership and support. Let's look at it again in Ecclesiastes 4. It says, it says, two are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. They can help each other succeed. I think I'm going to deal with that one. Yeah. So support is help. Everybody say help. Help, so support. They can help each other succeed. They can help each other succeed. They can help. All of us need helpers of destiny. Every vision, everything, we need helpers. We need people that are strong when we are down. We need people, you know, that can help us. Do you get what I'm saying? We need people to help us. No matter what God gives you, you need people to assist you and to help you. Help us. Two are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. Men, listen. Hi. You know, I've been, you know, I've been saying in the Light 360, those of you that, you know, if you watched it, we'll continue. I can say that there's no self-made man. Every one of us is a product of some people. And I know the people, I know the people that contributed to my life to who I am right now. I know the people. Starting from my parents who carried me when I had no help. When I, so when I couldn't do anything by myself. If they didn't do that, I would have died. My mom carried me in the womb. And then they carried me, they watched me, and they protected me and everything. They educated me, they did all that. And then the teachers that came into my life, and the friends that came into my life, and the mentors that came into my life, and all that. I am not a, I'm not a self-made man. I am a God-made man using the instrumentality of people. And I value those people. I honor them. And I will never disrespect them. I will never diminish them, no matter what they do, because they contributed to my life. There's no self-made man. Stop being afraid. Even Jesus Christ submitted to John the Baptist. Permit me. He submitted. Even Jesus Christ to get disciples, his apostles, disciples to help him. There was one time I was crying. The others is plenty. The liberals are few. God, please send more liberals. Pray. Because you cannot do it alone. You need people. One of the greatest skills you can develop is people skills. Stop pushing people away from you by your attitude. Draw people towards you by learning. These things can be learned. Go and read my book, The 21 Immutable Laws of Relationship. You will learn those skills. Simple. Give people significance. Let everybody around you feel significant. And you will always have people that will assist you. Do it genuinely. Never put anybody down. In your thoughts or in your mind, lift people up. 
Every time. Everyone. Stop competing with people. To compete with people is to have a scarcity mentality. When you have an abundant mentality, you know that the, the sky is wide enough for every bird to fly. And you are signaling to God, you are signaling to God that that thing that that person has, when you are joyful about it, that that thing is, that thing also, I want it. But when you are not joyful about it, you are saying, that thing should never come to you. Let's stop all the competitions. We're not created to compete. We're created to complement. Nobody can ever be me, and I can never, nobody can ever be you. Nobody can ever walk in the places I walk completely, and I can never walk in the place you walk fully. We all need to walk in our own places and walk together. Can I get an amen in this house today or online? Are you guys following me? Partnership. We need partnership. When you partner with people, listen, I, I usually illustrate it in the leading light. Please, Lacon, please help me. Uh, Patrick, please help me. David, please help me. Quickly. I think it will help me to be able to illustrate this very fast rather than teach it. So, Let's assume that we were supposed to accomplish something, right? If you, if one person, you know, accomplishes it, do you get what I'm saying? We're going to get $200. Do you get what I'm saying? One person, it's $200, that's the price, right? So if you go and you do it, you get $200, right? Just $200, it's over. But let's say you, the three of you do it together, right? You know what happens when you, when you, finish, when you finish doing it? It was $200, but you will get $200, you will get $200, and you will get $200. You guys get what I just showed you? It's only $200 that is available. Do you get it? But if you do it together, $200, $200, $200. So for example, right now, we're supposed to do homeless, right? Homeless outreach, right? So we could have gone to do homeless outreach alone, but we reached out to Melissa, who already goes to the homeless. So when we were distributing that thing, so I went to a house and dropped it in a car. Mm -hmm. Then you went and then, you, know, you were distributing. When it was being distributed to those people, it was not just city light, you understand, doing it. It was crew, city light, and our ministry doing it. And then the reward that's supposed to be given, is not going to be shared. Like shared. God is not going to share it and say, you take uh, 50, you take 50. No. It's going to give, everybody's going to get Equal, equal. So partnership multiplies rewards. Thank you very much. So crew will put it on their newsletter. Health DC will put it on their newsletter. Glow Church will put it on their newsletter. City Life will put it on their newsletter. And then Melissa's organization will put it on their newsletter. In fact, Melissa right now, she has people. So I posted it up there that Glow Church and whatever is going to be distributing stuff and all that. Now... So she responded. And people started responding from the group. From the group. So she only does it on Wednesday. Now she's raising up people to do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I mean, Friday, every day of the week right now. And people are coming out of the woodwork from the group saying that we want to join in this. That's the power of partnership. But we could have just gone and said, just, just do it, you know. Let's put it on the name of City Light. You know, we don't want, they just put City Light in it. Then we'll go there. City Light will get its reward, but there's no multiplication. So that is my philosophy. Whatever I want to do, I know that I will get the reward for what I want to do, but you know what? I want to share the rewards. I want it to multiply. Do you get what I'm saying? And that's why I want to do things with people. That's the power partnership. Those who tarry by the soul. And then, as we're doing it, everybody that gave or do whatever, they're all part alike. That's the scripture. It said, those who tarry by the, by the stuff and those who go to the battle, they shall all part alike. They will all get the same reward. Did you guys get that? Let me, let me finish, um, you know, today. Let me just finish uh, purpose, and then we'll continue next week. The next one is restoration. Restoration. The purpose of together. Restoration. Restoration. What it says, if one person falls, one can reach out and help. But somebody who falls alone is in real trouble. Did you see that? Please show it to them. It's in the next verse. It says, if one person falls, they can reach, you know, they can help, they can, one can reach out and help the other. 
But if someone falls, someone falls alone, the person is in real trouble. We all fall at different times. That's the reality of life. But if you fall and you are not alone, you have hope. But when you fall alone, it's tougher. It is tougher. I, say, I tell people, I say, I say this, I said, that man that was paralyzed, that his friends tried to get to Jesus and they broke the roof to get him to Jesus and the man left the place healed. I said, make sure you have at least three people in your life that if for any reason you ever get spiritually paralyzed or whatever, they will carry you to Jesus. Either through intercession or they will come to your house and they will carry you there until you get, you, you, you are raised up. I've always made sure to maintain those people in my life. If something, if, God forbid, something happened to me, there are people that would travel, they would travel and fly from other parts of the world to come here and say, no, he ain't going down. We need people like that in our lives. We need people like that in our lives. And you need to let those people know that I want you to be that for me. I want you to be that. And I'm going to be that for you. There are people that I will never allow them to fall. Or even if they fall, I will not kick them when they are down. I will lift them up. And we've done, we always do that. That's why we love things happen secretly. That only the pastors know. You have no idea things that happen. But we push them up. We restore. We don't push them down. We restore them. Say, so you can't continue. You can't stop now. You can't quit now. You can't go down right now. Except they say they don't want the help. And they cut us off from helping. You have to be open to it. Everybody say, I have to be open to it. Don't try to go and do things alone. Ah, you know, right now, you know, I just need to focus on my purpose and my destiny, you know, and, um, you know, all this church and this whatever, I need focus right now. The moment you begin to talk that way, I, ah, I start saying, ah. In fact, some people have literally begged them. I'm like, ah, that is not the way it works. So whenever you begin to think that way, that I need to, whatever, it's the devil trying to get you out of the pack. Lion, come, 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 come. I want to eat you. I want to eat you. <laughs> I want to eat you. So he will use, he will say, I want to, there's nothing like I want to go and focus on my purpose and so I will not deal with people. No, you focus on your purpose. <laughs> By dealing with people. I've been with people. So you focus on your purpose. You become isolated. The devil will get you. It doesn't, get, it doesn't happen that way. Whoever falls alone is in real trouble. When you fall, there may be some trouble. You get what I'm saying? But real trouble. Nobody to lift you up. So we need people that lift us up. You know, first, uh, says the Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 says, if any brother be overtaken in a fault, Galatians 6 1, if any brother be overtaken in a fault, those who are spiritual, should gently and humbly help that person back to the right path. And also be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So the church is not supposed to crucify people and knock them when they are down. We're supposed to gently and humbly help that person get back on the right path. That's what spirit, that's spirituality. Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me finish. I got to finish this because I say I have stuff, you know, from next week and February is a very short month. Want, 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 quickly. Want, want, or I call it mutual kindling. The purpose of together, mutual kindling. Mutual kindling. You know, how many, how many of you have seen that when you come to church, you just get on fire, right? Or when you have your small groups or when you are with people, you get fire, right? What usually happens when people isolate themselves is that even if they had fire, the fire gets extinguished. We need people to challenge us. We need people to keep us, what? On fire. Look at it. Ecclesiastes says, the one that we're reading, it says, likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? Two people lying close together can keep each other warm. That's, these are figurative language. What he's saying is that when you are to, when we are together, 
Even if your fire goes down a little bit, somebody else's fire will kindle yours. And you can kindle somebody else's fire. We keep challenging one another. And so we find ourselves on fire. I say one of the major sustaining things for me as a Christian over my years of being a Christian has been the mutual fire that comes from interaction with other strong believers. I can't live without it. Anybody can go cold. It's very cold. The world is cold. Jesus said in the last days, he said, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. It will become cold. Because the media, everything, they are trying to get you cold. Your workplace is trying to get you cold. Everything is trying to get you cold. You need to be among some warm people to remind you and talk some sense to you of what you truly believe. And then be, ah, you get on fire again. So rather than going out and stay in it, stay in it so that you can always be constantly on fire, it will sustain you throughout your Christian life. Quickly, uh, I have two more. Actually, three more. Defense. Defense. Write the second one so that I can do it very fast. Resilience. So defense and resilience, number seven. And then the final one is agreement power. So defense. So let's look at, let's quickly look at it. It says, a person standing alone. Okay, sorry. Though one may be overpowered, two can what? Defend themselves. A cord of three stand is not quickly broken. So the first one is defense. The second one is resilience, right? Resilience. Now, defense means that every one of us, we have a blind spot. Do you get what I'm saying? We have blind spots. And the people that God has put around us are the ones that are supposed to, to, to defend, to help us so that we don't, we don't get destroyed by those blind spots. Also, there are sometimes you are fighting certain battles of faith, Right? You are doing whatever, but you just can't undo it by yourself. We need somebody that can come alongside you and say, I'm standing with you in faith, and I'm going to defend you against this attack. I'm going to get, defend you against this depression. You are not going down. I'm going to fight alongside you. I'm going to do this with you. And they're going to begin to, you know, wield the sword. While you are doing something, they're watching over you. They're covering you. They're covering you while you are doing certain things. We all need covers. And that's the power of together. We need covers because we're in a dangerous world. Resilience. A threefold cord. A three-stranded cord. One strand can be easily caught, but when you have three strands, right? It's, it's re more resilient. It can hold. If you want your purpose you know, to last, you want to be able to, you know, to, to, to stay without being caught, without being destroyed, you better intertwine yourself with some other people. You better get into together. And then finally, agreement power. I already shared it. It said, two of you shall agree on earth. It shall be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. Romans chapter 1 verse 12 says, when we get together, when we get together, I want to encourage you I am reading the, uh, is that the NLT? NLT. I love to say, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. That's Paul talking. We get together. I want to encourage you in, my, in your faith, and I want to be encouraged in yours. Romans 14, verse 19. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace. Oh, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to do what? To build each other up. I'm not going to get the purpose of together right now. Come on, let's rise up on our feet. Are you going to commit to together? Going to commit to it? With understanding. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Somebody tell me. Somebody come and give me. I'm going to give you the mic. What's, what's coming to your heart to do? I just want some feedback. Anyone? Any takers, what's coming to your mind that you are good? A decision that you are making that, you know, I want to do this based on today's message. Just lift up your hand. And, yes, please come. Let's give her a mic. Uh, come, come, come. Yes, come. 
Praise God. Amen. So in a lot of my WhatsApp friends group, I'm realizing it wasn't meant just to hang out. And during the fast, I posted, people send me your prayer requests so I can spend more time in prayer, so I can pass the time. I want to do that monthly so that I can be praying for them. And even in the groups where there are people who are non-believers, I ask them to pray to God for me and they've agreed to do so. So that's a way of togetherness. Let me pray for you, but pray for me for Thanks for listening to The Glow Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.